0: this morning well dr ray andrews is a gift to the world and uh, you've been such a blessing this weekend and uh, we're so grateful to have you here and honor that you take the time to be here with us and i know you're going to be blessed by the word this morning so would you give dr ray a huge hand as he comes right now to bring the word And good morning to you. Morning. Uh, what a great morning it is. Amen. Amen. Uh, just uh, We'll stand on our feet and then uh, we'll just talk to Father for a moment, okay? Uh, loving Father, we're so grateful for your love. How great it is. Way beyond anything, Father, we can ever imagine, comprehend, or receive. It's just way beyond our human thinking. It's a way beyond our heart and spirit and everything because you're just so great and you're so good. And so, Father, today we thank you for this great atmosphere, for the people that have gathered today to worship your name. Father, we thank you that this is all about glorifying you and we pray that through your word this morning, your name will be glorified and people will truly be ministered to and the Holy Spirit will land that which he wants to land within our hearts. We thank you in his name. Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Thank you, uh, thank you Pastor. Uh, Pastor Ben and Amy. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, that's a great, great welcome and uh, to, to the, the ministry team and what a blessing it's been for all of you. And to have me here is an incredible privilege. Thank you Felicity and Steve for looking after me and all the uh, wonderful things that you've done and my baskets of food and everything. I just think I'll stay there because i get got enough stuff to keep me going for a week. Uh, so, <clears throat> but from here I go to Canberra uh, so maybe I'll just take it with me. Uh, because I don't know what they'll do for me there (laughs) but I know one thing I'm certainly enjoying myself here but what an incredible blessing as I sit there this morning and uh, see this congregation and um, I felt part of this church for a long time under Pastor Kevin Ma and he's handed over the baton and how incredibly amazingly that is that new baton, and you're handling it well, you're doing it great, and I'm just rejoicing with you so much, and the call of God in your life, and how the anointing's on you, brother and sister, it's just wonderful, amen, Amen. and, and, uh, yeah, amen, and so, um, and so it was good yesterday around the panel, yeah, (laughs) now the reason I, the, the reason I said what I said at the panel, and you weren't here, but those that were here, was the reason that I said it is because uh, he had no, uh, the pastor had no idea that he fell into a hole that he couldn't dig himself out <laughs> of and, <laughs> and the only reason I could reply like I did because his temperament takes it well Hey, because he finishes still up at the end being the hero. So it's okay. <laughs> There's no problem. If, if I had been somebody else, they'd probably have been cringing and falling off the platform. But then, because I know temperament, I wouldn't have done that to somebody else. Uh, but he could handle it well. And then his wife got a completely unbiased opinion of what that really, truly looks like. Amen. <laughs> and, and she said, Oh, she was sitting there yesterday. I could hear her inside. She's right beside me. And she's goes, Yes. Yes! Give it to him! <laughs> we need to hear this. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Well, it's so good. I'm so glad you received that in the spirit of love that I gave it to you in. <laughs> Amen. Hey, what's the Christian life if you don't enjoy it? Hmm. Praise God. It's important. We laughed some and we enjoyed it too. But I need to get going because time will fly. It's the hardest thing in the world. Yesterday were two sessions and I had prepared and prepared and prepared and I got through half the session uh, the first one, then I started the second one and only got half through that, too. So maybe, in the provision of God and of not being presumptuous, I might get back to do the other two halves. <laughs> but after what I did yesterday to the pastor, who knows? That, <laughs> that just may never happen. Uh, yes, amen. So this morning, what is re- what's really, really important is what I want to look at. I had all my message prepared, all ready to go, and who interrupts me? Need the Holy Spirit, and then changes it. So some of the people that's been acquainted with our ministry more will know some of the dynamics I will use, but somehow the Holy Spirit wants to say something to us this morning different to what I had prepared. And uh, that's what we want to be open for, because the most important thing is not what I say, it's what the Holy Spirit says. Uh, I can share truth, but only the Holy Spirit can reveal truth. And so we just pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal truth this morning. Amen. Amen. Um, I belong to a heavenly corporation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit unlimited. If there's one thing I know about God, he's unlimited. But if there's one thing I know about God, he's limited. Just understand, you've got an Irish preacher. How do you limit the unlimited God. Now, that's what I want to talk about today. One of the things that's, that I work with around the world and, and in my own practice and so on, in particularly amongst the believers, is, is the struggle in faith, trying to get more faith. We want more faith. We preach about faith. We try to get more faith going. Who would not like more faith? If only I had more faith. I wish I had more faith. I'd like to have more faith. Who doesn't want more faith? You don't want to put your hand up because you don't know what I'm going to say next, and so you think I'm not game after sitting in this yesterday. And I don't blame you at all because we were in a seminar. We were in a seminar, and I was really hammering something. You know, I want to get home, and uh, of course, not something I believe, but something that a lot of people believe. And so I'm going, and people are starting to say Amen because they're right on that old idea of what that was. But I was not going to say that's what I agree with. i was just saying this is what people, and I was going with it. And my wife's sitting there and she recognises where I'm going with this. She kills the thing on me. She hopped up and she said, don't say amen yet. He's not finished. <laughs> just, just like Tim Campbell yesterday, jumping in, saying amen in the wrong place. <laughs> amen, because that's Tim. He won't change. And why should he? <laughs> Yeah, that's the way God made him, yes? Yeah. That's why his wife married him and still trying to understand him. Now, <laughs> how do you limit? I'm going to put up, I'm going to ask to see if Tim helps me this morning probably so I can just stay with this. We'll see how we go between this connection. So let's just look at some of the dynamics that, that we can see uh, that I want to, to share with you this morning. I want to undergird what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. And if we, if we got them on the boards, okay? You want to see? It. You don't want to see me. We make sure we get them on. Now, some of the things that I want you to get, please. All of these, all of these are profound in themselves. So I won't be tiring with them to stop much in this. But I want you to see what I'm going to be reading. We have come to change our minds to what is already changed. We talked a lot about change yesterday and how we're not coming to change but we're coming to change our minds to what's already been changed. Why? Because everything has been done. Amen. It has all been accomplished and none of my performance and none of my self-effort and none of my good works will will grant me any more favour in God. I have all the favour that I need in Him. Why? Only because I'm His beloved son. I love my kids because of who they are not because of what they do. Amen. And so therefore, there's nothing you can do, no works you can do, no performance you can do, no self-righteous stuff that you can do. Nothing you can do is going to earn the favor of God any more than he favors you right now. Amen. So we're coming to change our minds. I have to keep renewing my mind all the time from that kind of old legalistic setting that there's something I must do, something I must work on. So what I got to do is not about changing me. It's about changing what's already changed. Amen. I'm doing the very thing already I said I wouldn't do. I said, I'll just read them and now I'm talking about them. (laughs) Man comes in line with his believing on the basis of his choice. Man comes in line with his believing on the basis of his choice. So today, we'll be looking because we're going to look at the heart of the problem. The heart of the problem. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Our greatest trouble spot is our heart. Let not your heart be troubled. We so easily get troubled in our... You don't get troubled in your spirit. You get troubled in your heart. And the heart is very different functions, operative than it is in your spirit. And I want to try in the way that I can with the time that I got this morning to, to explain it so that I can do it as simply as I can. I'm Irish, so I want things as simple as I can. Something I can kind of understand. Amen? What God could prevent in his power, he permits in his wisdom. It's so easy to bow at the shrine of his power. But it is a very different thing when we bow at the shrine of his wisdom. God knows better than I do. And God knows what he's about. And he is still in charge and in control. Amen. The promise, listen, preach carefully because we're going to be pulling all this together. The promise of God is the fuel of faith. The promise of God is the fuel of faith. The thing we're searching for all the time. God will supersede all our definitions. We put a lot of definitions together. We think we've got it together. We think you have theologized it, and we think we know it. And I tell you, as soon as you think you've defined God and defined your theology and defined who he is and defined everything about him, God will blow all your definitions. He moves beyond our definitions. Amen? That's why the older you get, the better it is to know nothing. Because you just start to sound wise and God supersedes it. He just gives you something else. Amen? Believing is the heart's response to faith. If our problem is greater than our belief system, we will have a crisis. Do you know, I work so much with people in crisis. And some people actually go from crisis to crisis, crisis to crisis. They live in a crisis. If our problem is greater than our believing, then we have a crisis. If our problem is equal to our believing, we will struggle. And one of the things that we work with, with people, is the struggle. And one of my CDs, they're not here to promote my material, but one of my CDs is the greatest struggle in the Christian life is the struggle not to struggle. It's a struggle not to struggle. We struggle so easy, but it's to do with our belief system. However, if my belief system is greater than my problem, I enter into rest. And there's a rest for the people of God, and it's not in the sweet by and by. It's for us now to live in the rest knowing he has got it. God's got it. Amen. Whatever it is this morning, God's got it. Yes, do you believe that? We, 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 get so, we get so sweated and worked out and worked up about the whole thing when in actual fact, if we could just let God do it and we could just trust that he will. You know, there's a, a verse of scripture and it, it says this. All in Ephesians 2, it says, all I have to do. Now, because I'm Irish, I'm not very smart. But I can spell all. A-L-L. Amen. He says, all I have to do, all I have to do, all I have to do is to trust him enough to let him do it in me. That's all I have to do. That's not that hard. And yet it seems so hard, does it not? Because today we're going to talk a little different to the difference between faith and believing. So let's shoot up the next uh, one we have got on the board. See which one was going to come up and how we're going. Here's it is now, Mary. This is I'm taking my, my uh, thoughts and text this morning from Luke chapter two. This is the order I want you to see, and and I know there could be a lot of teaching in this, and you will develop a lot of this. But may I help you this morning to see this? The Bible says that Mary, she rejoiced in her spirit. Secondly, she believed in her heart. And thirdly, she magnified the Lord in her soul. That's the connection. The connection, may I say to you this morning, the connection is not about you getting more faith. When you started this journey, when I started this journey, we didn't believe in him. But he came and he captured our lives. If you're a born-again believer this morning, he visited you. He met you. He met me on the way to a soccer match, came totally uninvited, Said his love on me. And at that moment, he put faith into my life that would do my whole journey. Yeah. Wow. I haven't got any more than I had when I started We want to get more faith. We want to get more faith. But he has given us. The Bible says he dealt to every man the measure that you need for your journey. May I encourage you this morning. Stop praying for more faith. And believing that God has given you the faith that you need. But there's an incredible difference between the faith that I have in my spirit, where Mary rejoices, and then where she finally magnifies the Lord in her soul. And it goes through a process, and the process is what I don't delight in. From transferring it from my spirit to my soul, it goes through my believing box. So may I title this again? This is about the fourth title I've got for the message. (laughs) Believing in faith. Believing in faith. So I'll give you one illustration first. And then I'll talk a little bit more about the folly of what we do that causes us so much struggle and not enough rest. So I have to choose. The Holy Spirit comes. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings revelation. Now... Tim, do something for me, please. Take this all the way down and go to the very last one where you saw the house. Go down, right right down there, so the people can visualise with me. There we go. Now, what that means is this is my house that I drew, and uh, I don't know if it's a good house, but all it is is by means of illustration. We receive something from God. The, let me tell you, faith is an organ of your spirit. What's important is, and I have used this illustration certainly in in, uh, some of my teaching and seminar, but here's important. My eye is an organ of my body. My eye does not generate light. It receives light. Could you imagine if you woke up in the middle of the night and your eye just went big torch and it just came on? (laughs) That kind of drive you crazy. Unless, of course, you were in somebody's strange house and you had to go to the toilet. It might work. <laughs> my ear is an organ of my body. It doesn't generate noise. It receives noise. I could be fast asleep and then suddenly something happens like a stupid rooster that stands outside our window. <laughs> <laughs> in the instant... The instant, momentary thought is not praise the Lord, it's kill the rooster. <laughs> My ear responds to the noise outside. If I, if I generate noise, a tinnitus is a horrible thing. It nearly drives you crazy. I remember one time sitting in my office and I could hear this bulldozer in my head. I thought, who's working a bulldozer down in the back? Well, they're certainly not in my yard. I don't know why they're doing them. And then it turned into like bees and everything. I thought, what's wrong with me? I'm going crazy. So I went down to find out and the guy put the little machine in and went into my ear this way and into the other ear that way and pulled out all this stuff. And I came out and the dozer had stopped working. The bees were gone. And I could hear it clearly, it drives you crazy. Do you know what? Faith is an organ of your spirit. If you try to generate faith, it'll drive you crazy. It'll just drive you crazy. Because somehow, I believe that the enemy gets us to believe if we had more faith, we could do better for God. If we had more faith, we could do more for God. If we had more faith. No, that is not so. My spirit, in this window here, the attic. Now, what we're going to just look at a little bit up the top here is the attic. That's what gets things from God. Now, we're going to talk a moment about the fanatic in the attic. You know, I can be up here. Oh, Jesus, oh, it's so wonderful. I could never doubt you. And then there my office tomorrow morning, wondering why life's falling apart. Why? Who can he explain? People see that and it confuses them. They see somebody really alive confessing some things like John the Baptist. Oh, he is the son of God. I know he's the son of God and then he's in jail. His circumstances change and he doesn't even know anymore. We're like that. We very quickly can change from being in the spirit and we wonder why. Let me tell you. God brings faith into our spirit. Revelation into our spirit. What you receive this morning comes from the spirit. It does not come intellectually. It does not come through knowledge. It does not come through something that you have generated within yourself. It only comes from the spirit. Amen. So you see, we calm down and stop the struggle. So that we, I don't know, I'm not a good speaker for cameras because I can't stand in one spot. And I don't want, every, I don't want just these people getting the message because I need to come here because I know you're here too. Are you with me still? This is important. This is important for everyday living. This is where people are confused. Right now, what happens is revelation comes and God brings faith. See, we stand a lot on the fact is that we want to believe in God. I believe God. We quote scriptures, and we quote scriptures, and we quote scriptures, and we're trying to make scriptures work. What we don't realize is we're taking the Logos word and trying to make God turn it into a Rima word. But that God only alone breathes on the word because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that precedes death from the mouth of God. His word to you and me is a ding word. It's a ding and not a dong. His word comes alive. You, know, you ever pick this up? You read it? At first comes, man, that's good. But I read it 10 times before. Suddenly, ding. Have you, do you understand anything about that ding? Have you had a ding? If you hadn't had a ding, you're donged out. <laughs> we need to have a Ding. Because God alone can bring the ding. You can't manufacture it. You can't pray for it. You can't fast on it. You can't do anything to get it because it has to come from Him. The ding can only come from God. Hang out for the ding. Wait for the ding. Look for the ding. You will get discouraged because people, they confess and confess and confess and confess believing if they keep confessing enough it'll happen. I'll tell you when it'll happen. When there's a ding. And when there's a ding, it doesn't matter At all, it doesn't matter at all. You're confident, you're at rest, you're assured, and you know it, and you don't have to gee yourself up. You rest confidently. Amen. If not, you'll just struggle. Well, I quoted the word brother. That's what the Bible says, brother. Of course it says that. It says a whole lot of things. It says, Judas went out and hanged himself. And then, the next verse, Jesus encouraged them, and he says, go thou and do likewise. <laughs> That's as stupid as we do by trying to make scriptures work, because you are them to try them down, tie them down, and create a formula for God. No formula finally works. Not even the formula that no formula finally works, because God can do it again. Amen. And so what happens is God brings things to my spirit. And in my spirit, he transfers them. Revelation is married to situation. When God gives you a revelation, he will provide a situation to prove your revelation. And if your revelation doesn't work in your situation, all you had was an imagination. So there's a transfer. It's not just so I can feel good in a meeting and (laughs) healing. It isn't to do with it. It's not to tickle my brain. It's lovely. It's beautiful in the presence. And it's so wonderful in the presence. But we have to do like Peter and say, let's stay up on this mountain. We don't want to go back in that old world down there. But it's the old world we live in. Yeah. Amen. And we need a practical working. There's o- <laughs> my boarding pass. Somebody's trying to tell me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so Revelation... What happened to me? Tim, I trusted you. I had trouble yesterday and then I was on the floor. I, 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 I learned yesterday, that I could not believe yesterday, I learned that this little machine of mine can control all the smart IT people. I didn't know that till yesterday. And I thought I have more power than I thought even if I was flattening my face and apologies (laughs) so now what happens is it's transferred what I hear from God is transferred and it goes into the dark room faith comes to the spirit but Romans 10.10 says but with the heart man believes there's an incredible difference between faith and believing you believe with your heart but the heart's the basement so we come, from the, we come from the fanatic in the attic to the feller in the cellar. <laughs> and the feller in the cellar doesn't see anything because he hasn't got a window to God. He doesn't see what's going on. All he can do is take hold of what God said and let me tell you something this morning. Never doubt in the dark what you found out in the light. Because you go down into the heart and there it's dark. It's the I, I went, we do weddings. You do different uh, things, and these days they get different cameras. But the big camera that they work with is they take it and they take pictures. And they, when they take the pictures, you go down and go down into the little... Re- and the guy said, I want to see the pictures we took of the wedding yesterday. I will come in and Ray, please, can you just pull the curtain behind you? Can you please pull the curtain behind you? You need to keep the light going down. And then he says, hey, there you are. And on a little string all the way along the top is all these pictures hanging there. And they're black and white. I said, no. No, no, that's not this. That's not what we took. That's not worth the color. They're just black and white. They're negatives. But do you see, you can never, ever go back to your positive until you have proved it through the acid bath. That's what we don't like. When we go into the acid bath, when we go have the difficulties of everyday life, when we have the financial problems, when we have the various things that happen to us as life does every day, parents. children, situations, finances, jobs. I'll tell you something, sometimes it's like the acid bath, but you knew that God said something yesterday, or last week, or last month, and the Bible says it's like Daniel. God says to Daniel, the angel came to Daniel and said, yes, it was the word of the Lord, but it took a long time. Sometimes it is the word of God, it is the ding. Hang on to the ding. Don't hang on to some logos word that's a dong hang on to the ding when God speaks hang on to it because God will bring it to pass that, you could be assured but that's faith that you can't generate thee with me? Yeah. Yeah. so let me uh, let me just tell you an illustration here oh I get numbers of them and you have them too but they helped you to see it. and my uh, wife and I were having uh, a discussion <laughs> you're married I can tell now I had a plan and I wanted this plan to eventuate and the only thing about my wife a little bit like Amy here she's too much into the plan and, and I know she'll get stuck in the plan. I'm just using the plan for the big picture <laughs> but she doesn't see the big picture, she only sees the plan so what I just said, okay, I know what I'll do i got to get this right because my wife can blow holes in things you couldn't believe. She can find something that's not right about it. So I think, I'm going to outsmart her because I'm going to make this so watertight. I'm going to have this so well packaged. I'm going to beat her at her own plan. And I'm going to have this well done. You'd be proud of me. (laughs) Because this is stressful for me to spend that kind of time. Because, but I knew to get my plan through the Senate, <laughs> I knew that it had to be delivered in the proper way. So, but my timing was not good. That's a killer. So I approach her. We're going to have family come, and when we're going to have family come, my uh, uh, my wife's big, big at serving and, and family and others and whatever's coming. And anyhow, she's always serving and people are coming. And I just know I have to get this thing through quickly. And so I think, you know, if she doesn't have a lot of time to concentrate on it and she's thinking about cooking and I'm working, maybe it'll go through quicker, you know? You <laughs> <laughs> looked at that thing yesterday and saw their minds. You understand what mine looks like? You know why I understand Pastor Benwell. you know hey the thing is I just know where it goes so I do so I come to her and uh, I present the plan and I feel good (laughs) because I'm having this and we're doing it and that's it (laughs) because I know I'm feeling so good she's not going to find anything wrong with it so I give it to her and she looks at me the facial expression changed and I know what that looks like it wasn't a positive. <laughs> and she sa- and I said, "What do you think, darling?" I'm buoyant with the whole thing. And I, "What do you think, Dan?" She said, "I don't like it." Oh no. We don't have time. This has got to get go through fast. And and she, but I don't like it. So I'm still feeling pretty confident because I knew that she couldn't find any holes in it. So I said to her, "Okay, what's wrong with my plan?" and she looks at me and says actually she says I can't find anything wrong with it at all she said we're just not doing it (laughs) I had not anticipated that answer (laughs) so now I go on the offensive and so I says to her I said okay why why I not to go on with my carnality this morning, how I have addressed it all, but I did do some bad things and this is a counsellor here as well as a pastor talking to you so it's not a very, there's not a lot of stripes to this on the arm and I said to her I said, listen, that's it final, we are doing it temperatures are rising and finally, I said, honey, I've got to get in the shower. I've got to go to the store. We've got to get some stuff. I don't have time to mess around with this. We're just doing it. And she says, no, we're not. And I said, listen, I'm going to the store now. Will you hear this? This is my next statement. I know you wouldn't do this, but you know. And I looked at her and I said, honey, I want you to get your attitude right. While I was on it, you see, I'm in a wrong road here. And I said, get your attitude and get happy. <laughs> How many men know that doesn't work? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. But I was in charge. And her face is like thunder. I know she's not happy, but I thought, that's it. Now I said, when I come back from the store... Change your attitude and get happy. <laughs> so I took off down the stairs. And I had to run into the basement to get the... car. Co- and I'm running down the stairs. And who turns up? <laughs> the comforter. I said, I said yesterday, I said, I've never known anybody to make me more uncomfortable than the comforter. <laughs> he turns up. So powerfully he turned up that I'm standing, I stop. I'm running and I stop. And the Holy Spirit comes and he, you know, I have told my wife, I said, there are a lot of people put out the bucket list. You know these bucket lists? I said to my wife, I said, one of the things in my bucket list is that I'm praying that God will let me know for once in my marriage that you're wrong. (laughs) It's still on my bucket list. (laughs) That is. Now, here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He doesn't take sides. No. And he stopped me. And instead of telling me she's right and I'm wrong or anything else, he just says to me, something I've preached over and over about. But he hit it and my mind came alive, standing in the stairs. And he, he spoke to me and he said, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus did not die. This is what he said. Jesus did not die to die, he died for the joy that was set before him, and you're part of that joy. Now, that's the ding. <laughs> oh, God spoke to me on the stairs. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. I good. Does God spoke to you about your wife? I only had the ding. What's going to follow now? I had received something from the Spirit, but now it's got to go into the heart because that which God delivers must now, must now be believed in. I must now believe in it. And that's the place that we get jammed up because the believing now is in the outworking of what God said. We try to believe without getting the ding. But once you get the ding, then you still have to go to the cross with it. You still have to work with it. You still have to believe in it. I believe not in some fairy tale thing or some wonderful emotional feeling, but I have to go keep back to the ding. And right now, God says to me, he says, okay. He said, you can have what you want. Hmm. Thank you. That's enough for me. I'll keep going. But oh no. My feet were stuck to the stairs. And he said, you can have what you want. And my, this is incredible. My mind opened up and I could see if I got what I want, what the night looked like. It was a horrible night. It was terrible. And it looked, everybody that was there, and my kids, and the atmosphere was heavy and horrible. And my wife, she was just like face like thunder, and she's throwing the foot on the table. And everybody is, you can feel that, and I, I can, I can hear my kids whispering, "Boy, something big must be up with Dad and Mum. <laughs> what happened? Did you hear anything? What's going on with Dad and Mom? I could hear it all. And then just like this, bang. But if you would like a night of joy, and you take it to the cross, and you make a choice, the heart makes the choice. Man comes in line with his believing on the basis of his choice. And now I have to make a choice. Because I want what I want, very much so. But now I have to make a choice. While I listen to the ding, or I listen to my emotions and my intellect and what I want. They, that's a challenge. We have those challenges. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you still with me? Yes. yes, of course. And then the Lord opened my mind again, and he said, Now, if you put the cross to this and choose to give up what you want, give up your ambition, give up your desire, give up what you want, then this is what the night can look like. Really? The night opened up. And I don't." It was beautiful. We had the best night. It was so much fun. And I thought, you know, before there's a horrible thing. And even after all the visitors had left before, you know, I just got a hot tongue and a cold shoulder. (laughs) That's what I could see. And now I see what it'd be like. And we were telling stories, and we were joking, and everybody was laughing, and Kath was serving a baked meal, and it was the most beautiful time, and it was so free, and it was so beautiful, and it was so wonderful. And then we had, we had so much laughing, and such a great night, and then after everybody left, I got my dessert. <laughs> <laughs> now, <coughs> what, <laughs> what, what's really important about this? Is God shows you everything, real life. You know that? Just real life. And I thought, I've got to make a choice. I'm stuck on the stairs, and I have to make a choice. I had the ding. I had the revelation. Faith came into my spirit, but now I had to believe what God said and work it out by choice. God does not override choice. And I could, have, I could have gone down those stairs in the car, gone to the store. I could have done that and got what I wanted. But how miserable would I have been? And he said, but for the joy. If you apply the cross, if you make the right choice, there's joy. Do you want joy? So I, I knew. So I said, amen. So. Now I come back upstairs. Now you would think after such an encounter that I would have humbled myself a little. But I came back upstairs and because the encounter was so powerful I came back upstairs and I called her and I said, honey thinking if God spoke to me so profoundly, obviously he's had to speak to her. (laughs) So I said, honey have you changed your mind at all? (laughs) No, huh? I don't give up easy. (laughs) One look at her face told me that story. And she says, no, and I don't intend to. That was final. And I called her over. I put my arm around her. And I said, honey, I really have to apologize to you. I really need to apologize. I treated you like a five-year-old telling you that you had to get happy and change your attitude. I need you to forgive me it's not right, it's not wise, and I've treated you badly, I'm so sorry. So I repent. And, you know, (laughs) I've experienced this numbers of times, that's why I'm waiting for the bucket list thing, because when I've had to do this over and over, my wife is so forgiving when I apologize. I'm just not sure yet how it works the other way. (laughs) But the fact is... (laughs) The fa- she, and she, she just reached up she just made a big kiss and it's all over the face changes the sun shines again and everything is looking good do you know what I took off now I'm running late now and I took off and I went down those stairs you know what even in my memory telling you this now I hardly remember touching those shreds. I had such joy I was so filled, filled with liberty I was so good I just thought this is so incredibly good so incredibly good I had lost But I had gloriously won. When God speaks and you move in the ding, all it takes is your choice to believe. The heart is the basement. It's not full of revelation. It's only taking what you brought in from the spirit and processing it through your choice. Do you see, I went to the store. I wanted to hug everybody in the store. (laughs) I had never felt such joy outside and inside my car. It was incredible. But do you see, I have to make a choice. The, the truth is and and the, and the truth of this is it's very very important to understand I tell you what it just so many Nicodemuses in this church they just creep in by the dark Hey, do you see... Do you see how we have to hear from God the struggle is not in trying to get more faith, the struggle is hearing from God, listening to God he doesn't need to talk all the time he doesn't have an inherent need like us to be a chatterbox, all we need to wait is let the Holy Spirit lead us and make the choice and then live our daily lives out of that choice but we have the faith to carry it on and if you believe it then the faith that God gives you will carry you through that thing and it will return itself in joy Because none of us like the cross, and none of us like apologizing, and none of us like, well, you might. I might be including you wrongly, but I doubt it. The fact is, we don't like to go to the cross. But my, on the other side of the cross, there's such joy. you just got to make it. So, you know, the Bible says, how do you limit the unlimited God? How do you do that? The Bible says the children of Israel... Yes. It says, it says this, And it says, and they limited, Psalm 106, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Do you see? How do you limit the unlimited God? And the Bible says, and they limited Him because they did not believe that God could take them in even though He brought them out. That's why we're stuck. Because God didn't bring them out to bring them out. He brought them out to take them in. The word is to keep us alive to take us in. But we get stuck in the middle because we do not believe what he said about us. Amen. Do you see? I need to believe. And the Bible says that because they did not believe, God sent leanness into their heart. And they complained so much, 20,000 of them died. May I say to you this morning... If I refuse to believe it, I finish up complaining, whinging, murmuring, getting bitter, getting angry at life because I finish up, the Bible says, and God sent leanness into their soul. They came from an incredible, spiritual, miraculous experience, did not believe in their heart, and they starved in their soul. May I present to you this morning that when we allow the ding to come, believe in the ding, move in the ding, not be confused and waiting for something, and listen to the ding, and then walk in the ding. A lot of the times the reason that we don't get a ding is because we didn't listen to the ding before. But when we get the ding and we take the ding, then what happens is we finish up... Getting the flow through, believing in God. And then I go, because you go to God's counter, which you see on here. God's counter is just buying the truth. Grace is free. But Proverbs 29, 29 says, buy the truth and sell it not. When you pay the price by believing and going to the cross, you're buying the truth that was given to you freely in the spirit. Amen. And so right now, what happens When you buy the truth, you go to God's counter. May I tell you this just quickly? And We're doing all right. I've just got a couple of minutes. And, And may I tell you this? When God speaks to you and you do get a ding and you know it's going to cost you and you get a ding, please pay for it the first time when you come to the counter. Pay for it the first time. Because you know why? If you go around again, you realize, my life's too miserable. My joy's gone. I've lost my peace. I'm not good okay, oh God, I surrender. And then the Lord says, hmm, hold on a moment. Now you want to buy the truth. Well, I need to tell you something. Inflation has taken place since you're here last. Every consequent time it's harder to buy truth. It takes more to buy truth. What I need to do is say, make a good choice. Make a good choice. When God speaks, make a good choice. Amen. And when it does, then it flows into your soul and then the expression of the soul is the, the soul is the larder of the pantry. The soul is t- takes in what God gave me in the spirit that I believe in my heart. It gets deposited in my soul and in my soul, my soul now expresses it all and my soul says, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. He forgiveth all mine iniquities, who heareth all my diseases, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, my soul do you see now the soul has no problem being happy you can change don't wonder why the circumstances are making you unhappy they have nothing to do with it you and me or I and you can be in the same circumstances and have a completely different approach and attitude why because God spoke to us both but did we both make the right choice and if you didn't make the right choice You can be dry, barn, bitter, angry, upset, and a complaining Christian, and nobody wants to be around you. But I tell you something, when you buy the truth, what God has brought to your life, and you make a good choice to buy it, and you do, you will be a happy chappy. You'll be a happy lady. You will be happy, because your soul will just want to express it. Isn't God good? Amen. He's not just good up here. He's good down there. He's good out there. I went two two minutes and 13 seconds. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> and like yesterday, I went from the first diagram to the last one, and all the rest in between. You're going to ask God for revelation on them. <laughs> hey, it's been great sharing with you, ministering to you this morning. God bless you, and trust that God has spoken to you this morning to help you enter into a rest. Amen? Amen. No struggle, no crisis. Enter into the rest of God. Amen. God bless. You. Thank you, Pastor.